You're listening to Campus Review Radio. To register for our upcoming Higher Equity Summit, examining the various barriers to equality in higher education, visit campusreview.com.au and follow the links to Higher Equity Summit. Can you tell us about the strengths-based program that's running at Torrens right now? Basically, we started about a little over a year ago, I'd say maybe a year and two months ago, uh, running a trial project where was StrengthsFinder was just one of the elements that we used, uh, part of a career coaching program. Um, yeah, so th- that went really, really well. Like it, we had a, in the initial trial, we had a uptake of 28 students that had to do all the elements, and one of the primary elements was that strengths finder um, really, really positively received for the students. Then after that, the next trimester, we expanded the trial to about, we wound up on 67 students. We invited 80 students, but we wound up on 67 students that came in. And just once again, just really resonated well with the kids. Fantastic. Um, but the trial itself basically it, the um, the structure of it, I suppose I should say, was where the students would do the strengths finder, and then they would come back in and have a coaching session with us, where we would sort of unpack what the what that sort of session, what the, sorry, what that top five meant, and then we would sort of try and use that to Gallup uses this coaching structure called name, claim, and aim. And so we would try to get them to identify with their top five and then figure out how to use it. And the, the, the way that we positioned the trial was that the students were, were going to use this to try and figure out how it could help their careers. But the way it wound out was that we started to think about how the students could actually position it as, uh, as a method or a way of you know, improving their studies or aiding their studies while they were here. Um, so you know, there was a lot of things being trialed in those, in those, uh, in those Delta projects, but the one that we stuck with out of all it was the Gallup Strengths Finder. And on, on our campus now, so I'm in the business, the business vertical, um, APM College and Torrance University. And so for for our cohorts of students now, we're running the Strengths Finder at orientation. And so the, the orientation then involves a, a group meetup where we sit and talk about Gallup and you know, what that company is and what StrengthsFinder is, a little bit about you know how many people it touches worldwide, and then we schedule coaching sessions out of that. And so we're, we're kind of refining our game as we go now, where the, what we're trying to put the students on now is a program where we have that initial coaching conversation in that first trimester and then we're going to forward plan. We reach out to them again when they've gotten a third of the way to their degree. So we'll have another coaching session then, and then another coaching session at the final third of their degree, just so we can kind of track what's going on. So it's a it's a it's a long term study for sure, but um, the students love it. That's that's the, the only reason why we keep doing it is that it really resonates with them. They really enjoy it, and it gives them sort of a common language with each other. You know, when we do the the meetups with groups of students it's kind of interesting to watch them all talking about it and sort of unpacking the things that they feel like they identify with the most and the least yeah and for those listening who don't know could you just um explain what strengths is all about yeah for sure so um strengths is basically the, the strengths finder it, you run through this uh assessment called the clifton strengths finder assessment and 
it's a heavily cross-referenced assessment where you know each one of your answers is timed and you know that it the range of responses is quite polar you know there's either answer you know from one end of the spectrum or the other or you, you give a neutral answer but anyway the all of that assessment leads you to your top five talents right so innate talents that you have out of a out of a um, out of a portfolio of 34 talents that Gallup has described. Um, and anyway, so those top five are the things that you do naturally and that is easier for you to convert into strengths. Um, so for example, positivity, right? Um, which is one of my top five, strangely, not, not so strangely. And, um, if you're positive, right, the, the way that it can manifest in your professional life is you can raise other people's game by being positive. You can have an impact on your team by being positive. So what it tries to illustrate to you is that you have talents that you can use to increase your performance, right? Whether it's professional performance or personal performance, but that those things, because they come naturally, they, they come really, really simply and easily. The, one of the examples that they use is, um, one that, that anyone can do is that, uh, you know, if you write, if you write right-handed, you know, so you try and write your name as many times as you can in a minute, and you know you might get 100 or 80 or whatever doing your signature. But if you were to do it left-handed, you would only be able to do six, eight, ten, something like that. Now you could make your left hand work, right? You could spend a lot of time practicing over and over and over again to get your left hand to a to a degree of competence, right? But it would never operate as seamlessly and fluidly as your right hand would, right? Because that's your natural hand. That's the one that you've always used. And that's kind of, that's sort of an analogy for the way that strengths works in that you have these things that you do well. So rather than trying to train yourself to do the things that you don't do as well better, you should focus on the things that you do well because it's, you're going to get more results faster. And you, and also you get a, a sense of, uh, it's, I don't know, you, there's unfulfillment if you're not doing the things for yourself that you naturally want to do. You know, and that's a little bit harder to describe. But that, I think that's a pretty good way to... People generally, they, they know vaguely what they're good at, but this program gives them a language to use and gives, and gives them specifics. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, you, you know, they, they, they give you these, these 34 characteristics. And, you know, like if, for example, if you do were to pull the whole report, which we don't do with the students because it's just a bit... I think it's $95 to pull the whole report, whereas the top five is costing us 10 to 15. Um, you know, if you were to break down the whole report, it, should, it will give you sort of an estimate of of where your your weaker sort of you know everyone has all these characteristics in some way or another, right? Or that's what that's what Gallup proposes anyway. But you know, it shows you the entire spectrum of them. And so one of the things that they do say is that your top 10, it all it all kind of stays about the same, you know, like once, once your sort of development is from, from childhood into adulthood is, is finished, which they reckon is around 16, although they are administering different assessments to kids that are under 16 now that, you know, your top 10 might change in order a little bit, but they, they shouldn't too much. You know, you might have something showing up more on one day than another, but generally speaking, you are who you are by the time you get to that age, you know? Um, but yeah, it's the language about it behind it that makes sense, you know, um, especially when, you know, I, I don't know if I would have told you this, but with, I wasn't sure how it was going to resonate with the, with the students, right? Because 
it felt to me when I first took the assessment that it was really geared towards people that had had a fair amount of professional experience, right? Um, but to the students, it did make a lot of sense. Um, and it was, it was kind of interesting or eye-opening, I suppose, to see them identifying with certain characteristics, you know? Um, especially kids that, some kids are not as, you know, disciplined or, or book smart as others, right? But the interesting thing for them is that some of those kids are also quite personable and, you know, they're really good at negotiation or they're really good at presentation and things like that. And all of those are vital soft skills today. You know, they're, they're things that are were quite perhaps uh, underutilized or underassessed, you know, in, in our generation. But, I mean, it's important for people to be able to, to do those kind of things in the modern business landscape, you know. So, yeah. I just think that what it really does for them, it shows them that they, they come from an environment, you know, kids when they do the HSC where they have all these incredible amounts of pressure and not everyone is suited to not just the pressure, but even the style of assessment that, that the HSC offers, you know. And so for, for the kids to kind of understand that there's more than one way to, for them to disseminate for other people what they do well, I think that's what really what really kind of resonates the strongest with them, you know? Yeah, it shows them there's more one, one type of smart. Um, so, and what does it, and does it, can it help with um, students' mental health? I, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, so I, I, I wouldn't know. But, you know, I, I would have to say from a fulfillment perspective, I would have to say yes, you know? Um, one of the things that, that when I was doing the Gallup training that they talk about a fair bit, and if you think about it from a, you know, from a professional development perspective, right? You know, um, when people are in the workplace and they're not satisfied, you can tell that they're, you know, they're disengaged or actively disengaged, you know? And there's and there's various degrees of that, right? And like, sometimes that's because people aren't being asked to do the things that come naturally to them or they're just in the wrong job, you know? That fit's not there, right? And when you see someone in a professional context that's actively disengaged, they kind of they're kind of dragging other people down with them, you know? And I think for a student, there's probably a, there's probably a correlation to be drawn there as well, right? Um, you know, for some students, for example, I see kids just absolutely panic about taking an exam, right? And for them, you, you can see the pressure building on them over weeks and weeks as they're preparing for this, this sort of artificial entity that they, that they have to get over, you know? And I, I think with... With strengths and things like that, you can teach kids that, all right, look, there's other ways to get around this. You know, like you have to think about how you can channel the right things to get past this. Now, in, in our context here, we exams is maybe a bad example because we got rid of all of our exams here. But one of the things that we do is we offer multiple forms of assessment, you know, to, to address the same learning outcomes. And strengths plays into that really, really well. Because what the students can do, for example, is that they can either negotiate with the team or create a team or do a presentation or just find an, an alternate method that's going to work for them. And we try to coach them into those, those sort of pathways that make sense for them. Long answer, I know, but I, I think that sort of ticks the box of things. What potential do these sort of programs have for university staff? Oh, man, for staff it would be great. Look, you know, the big problem, I think... Universities are a tough, uh, tough landscape for staff, right? Because there's all these sort of older hiring structures, and 
there's a lot of support staff in universities that are so vital to the running of the uni, but probably quite underappreciated, certainly, you know, from what I've seen from student services and all the, you know, the, the various teams that you need to get a seamless student experience, right? And like kind of getting all of them on the same page and utilizing them to the, their peak is probably equally important as getting the students on that page too, you know? I think for, for academics, there is a lurking win here, you know? Um, but to roll it out would be tricky, would be difficult. It's the, the mechanics of it is the hard part, right? Because you have, you know, sometimes dozens of full-time lectures, but you also have casuals and contractors, right? And getting everyone in on that same page is, is probably the big challenge. But the thing is, when they see the way the students respond to it, we've, we've only run about eight of our lecturers through a little bit of training on it right now. But, you know, for them, when we do the translation piece for them so they can understand what the students are talking about it, they see the benefits of it, right? Because the kids really do light up when you when you understand where they're coming from, you know. And I, so I think anything that draws the lecturer closer to the student is a is a net positive. Would a way of rolling it out be to get a few lectures lecturers into it, and then you use use their positive experiences of the strengths based program to spread the word throughout their colleagues? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's kind of the way we're doing it. We're costing it like. The, the way we're calling it is like middle out here, right? Because we're, we're, it's not coming top down from the execs, right? It's coming out of a pilot. The funding that we got after the pilot wasn't really what we had asked for, you know? So we're just kind of doing it organically through our, through our vertical or our faculty right now, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Because once the lecturers do cotton on to it, and it doesn't take much. They do, you know, we, we've had the lecturers do the top five, and then we sit there and break it down for them and have a group session and then we start having the coaching sessions with them, it, it really it really lights them up, you know? And some people obviously buy, buy into it a little bit more strongly than others. You know, I'm not to say that, uh, not to say I have any issues with entrenched academics or anything, but it is certainly different from what a lot of academics are used to, you know? And I think people are just by nature afraid of change, you know? The, the one thing that I would add is that, you know, anyone that would want to get involved with strengths I do think that it's it's very positive collateral, you know, and I, I I do think that, you know, when kids get get into it and they they speak with each other about it and they kind of share some of their own experiences, it, it serves a couple functions, right? Like it breaks the ice for them, so it gives them a pathway to get to know each other, you know, which is which is great, right? Because what we strive for everywhere in the university world is trying to get that sense of engagement and community, you know, and I think that anything that we can put on the table that gives the students a connection to each other, but also to the organization. You, you can't go wrong there. You know, even if, even if it doesn't get full adoption, right. And it's just another tool part of, you know, the things that we do to try to engage students. I, I just don't see how it could go wrong with it. You know?